Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Staff meeting. Check. Review the worship folder with the secretary. Check. Schedule visits to the shut-in list. Check. Visit the nursing home. Check. Find out that there's someone who's actually at the hospital. Go visit the hospital. Check. Check. Realize they're at a hospital in a different city. Check. Prepare for board meetings and other team meetings. Check, check. Attend board meetings and team meetings. Check. Study the sermon. Read the commentaries. Uh, start to outline the text. Check. Premarriage class number one. Prepare for that. Check. Premarriage <coughs> class number two. Prepare for that. Check. Attend both premarriage <laughs> classes with both couples on different days. Check, check. Um, outline the sermon, finish that, check. Write the sermon, check. Memorize the sermon, check. <laughs> Send out emails to find more preachers for next month, uh, check. Uh, Long-range planning for worship study and Bible study and campus ministry, uh, reaching out with text to college students. I, I can't say check for those they didn't get accomplished this week, but uh, that's, that's just a, a little glimpse of what a typical week, what this week looked like in my life, and it's probably similar for a lot of you, but, but different, different tasks, different things that are going on in your life. If you go into my office at any given time, I'm, I'm a checklist maker, so you'll see post-it notes and you'll see strips of paper and things crossed out. I like to be able to physically cross them out when I accomplish them. You'll probably on most days see a lot of things that aren't crossed out, other stuff came up. Um, sometimes that can be really frustrating, having a, a lot of important things to do. And sometimes, if you're anything like me, you might have a lot of things to do and find that you spend a lot of your time on things that uh, actually, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter all that much. Maybe it's because we don't want to jump into the, the, the more challenging things, the, the higher priority things. Maybe you can be a little bit of a procrastinator. Sometimes. And it's, it's, good, it's good to just take breaks and to do other tasks to kind of build up energy again. Um, big fan of 15-minute naps in the middle of the day or a short walk to kind of get energized again. But maybe you, like me, like Martha, can sometimes look at the to-do list, the task list, the things that need to get done, and just get worried, upset, and distracted by many things, when today God, God reminds us that there is one thing. There is one person that we need. There is one on our priority list. And we get to sit with him today in his word in Luke chapter 10. Verse 38 starts out by saying, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So, so were they walking through the town of Bethany, through the marketplace, when, when all of a sudden Martha saw them and recognized them? Jesus, you have to stay with me. It doesn't really say if Jesus prearranged this or if it was spontaneous, but it seems a little bit spontaneous because now 
They're coming over to her house, and you can just picture her getting ready. It says Jesus and his disciples were, were there. Did she invite them all over? Probably. And she's getting ready. And you can just imagine the to-do lists that she's writing, that she's thinking about. We've got to make sure that all the, the rooms are clean, that we've got out the good china. Probably not china. But get, get out the plates, get out the food, make sure that, that we, can, we can make a nice meal because we're serving Jesus. And she's got at least one other person we know who can help her. Her sister seems like her younger sister, Mary. And you can just sit there having the pep talk. All right, it's Jesus and his disciples. It's go time. Let's do this. You know what you have? I know what I have. All right, break. And then they go, and Martha goes, and she starts getting ready, and she starts preparing the meal. And then she goes back into the kitchen, and she realizes that, the oven isn't even turned on yet. It's not even preheating. Uh, there, there's, there's, no, there's no dishes out on the table. It's, it's not ready. The floor hasn't been swept yet. She had all these things she was supposed to do. Where is Mary? Doesn't she know what the priorities are right now? Everything has to be perfect. Jesus is here. And then she rounds the corner and she finds her sister, Mary, and there she is, sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Just sitting there. Can, can, can you believe what she's doing? Just, just sitting there. Martha is just fuming. She's so upset. There are so many things to do. And here her sister Mary is, just, just sitting there and listening and probably bothering Jesus, acting like she's one of his disciples, a guest of Jesus. Doesn't she realize that Jesus is their guest today. So she, she goes to the top authority and she goes straight to Jesus. Maybe she's been trying to get Mary's attention already and she's just in the zone. And she taps Jesus on the shoulder and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She's got to listen to Jesus even if she won't listen to me. And then Jesus pauses from teaching Mary and from teaching the disciples and starts to teach Martha. Gently, lovingly, Martha. Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Ah, Martha, it's not Mary who has the problem today. It's not Mary who has the wrong priorities. She's not distracted or being a distraction. Instead, Martha, my dear child Martha, today you're the distracted one. You're the one with the wrong priorities. There's only one thing that you need to be concerned about today because I'm here. Because Jesus is here today. So, so have a seat. Everything else can wait. What was the one thing needful? There's, there's one thing that is needful, and, and Mary has chosen that. It's spending time with Jesus listening to his word. Earlier, I gave you a snapshot of my to-do list for the week, and you may have noticed something 
missing from that weekly to-do list. I didn't even mention weekend worship. Gathering around a God and his word and his sacraments, and that's, that's one of the highlights of my week and the highlight of the week for, for all Christians. We get to gather around Jesus and his word. And when I'm here uh, doing and teaching, I'm, I'm also worshiping and being refreshed from these readings from God's word and having got to study those too. And then I just have this um, unique among many pastors blessing of being at a church where there's other preachers too. So I can sit in the pew and hear other people have thought through God's word and help to apply it to my life. And what a refreshing thing that is to just gather and hear what Jesus has to say for us. Sitting at the feet of Jesus and being recharged. Gathering around God's word and sacraments is the beating heart of the Christian life. But it's not, it's not just gathering on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, is it? Sitting at the feet of Jesus in his word is also another thing that I neglected to mention on my to-do list. And that's opening his word personally. And letting that word speak to you and recharge you and praying it back to him. And sadly, as I was writing this sermon and thinking about these things, I realized in all the busyness of having a sermon to preach to God's people, I didn't schedule this on my to-do list this week. I didn't put it on my Google Calendar. I didn't write it on a checkbox on a Google Doc or something like that. Just sit and read God's word. Uh, I'm working through the, the Bible in a year and have chapters, but I just I didn't really get to them this week. And, and this text just reminded me of not Pastor Marcus, you have to do that, but I think I'm missing out. Maybe there's a reason that we sometimes end up feeling worried and distracted and upset about many things. And it's because we've let those things be the focus of our life instead of the peace that comes from knowing Jesus in, in his word. I believe there's a, there's a quote from Martin Luther that says, I have so many things on my list to do today that I'm going to have to pray for three hours today. <laughs> First, just being in, in devotion with God and his word. The one thing that we really need and everything else can wait. Perhaps you've been there too. We can all make all kinds of unprioritized or misprioritized to-do lists. We can fill our lives with things that are really not very important, all while missing the most important things in our day-to-day and our week-to-week lives. A symptom of that is evident in Martha. She's worried and upset. She's running around and she's distracted. What gets the priority place on your calendar? Maybe for some, it's, it's the children's event schedule that just kind of rules the calendar. Maybe it's work and always being on call for work, thinking about work while neglecting other things. Um, money and bills get the most attention, fooling ourselves into thinking that that's the most important thing and sacrificing so much for just a little bit more. Maybe in the past you've been like Martha Two, uh, skipping the worship service so that you can make the all-important meal for the family that's going to come over and make sure that that's a great experience. We just naturally take good things that God gives us and put them into a higher priority position 
than they should be. Uh, the theologian John Calvin said that, that the human heart is an idol factory. <laughs> That's a natural thing for a sinner to do. But wait a second, Pastor, you might be thinking, didn't you see what Martha was doing? Well, maybe even, wait a second, Jesus, didn't you catch what Martha was doing? Martha was serving Jesus. She was literally serving Jesus. And he tells her she's got her priorities wrong. So, so what, is, what is wrong with that? What is wrong with serving like she was? Well, nothing in and of itself, right? She, she is serving in a way that is good and godly. Yet Jesus tells her at this point in time right now, having who she has in her home with her, she's got her priorities a little bit out of whack. We can convince ourselves that, that doing things for Jesus is more important than learning from and receiving from Jesus. That the most important part is how we respond instead of being filled up by Christ. And that's a dangerous thing Jesus doesn't want us to miss either. It's about priorities. And when we are first filled up with his grace and his word, then something natural and beautiful happens. We go out and serve him. But it's not the other way around. It's not our service that, that then leads to more grace from Jesus. We might end up thinking kind of like Martha, Lord, don't you, don't you care about all this time-sensitive work, important work that I have going on? So, some of it is even in your name, and it's connected with serving you. And we see that Jesus does care about her. And he does care about that. He cares enough to say to her, as, as, as she's so focused in that moment to take care of Jesus, she, he just says, take a break. Right now, let me serve you before you serve me, Martha. Looks like you're running on empty again. It's time to pause. It's time to take a break and just come and get filled up with my joy and my peace and my patience and my forgiveness. This is the very same Jesus who says to all of his disciples, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is the same Jesus who says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For us, for, for, for good, solid Christians who can get uh, really worked up and, and focused even on, on serving and doing and accomplishing this is Jesus who says, I've done all of the work for you. I have stood in your place with a perfect life, and because of that, the Heavenly Father looks at you and says, in you I am well pleased. I love you for who you are in Christ, not, not for what you're doing for me. It takes all the pressure off in our service to Jesus and lets us come and just get rejuvenated by him on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis. We see Jesus doing all of the work of salvation for himself, showing the ultimate hospitality. Not, not Martha inviting him into her home, but Jesus inviting you into his home, his heavenly home where he promised his disciples and he promises you 
that I'm going there to prepare a place for you, a room, a mansion that is yours in the Father's house. He's going there to prepare a banquet of of rich foods, the finest of meats, the best of wines, all these pictures of just a glorious party of being with Christ and being with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever in heaven. He not only, at that time, he washed his disciples' feet as they came and enjoyed that Passover meal with him, but he's washed each of us in the waters of baptism and made us fit to be with him forever. Now, the best service that we can give to Jesus, a little counterintuitive maybe, the best service that we can give is to let him serve us with his word. Gathering regularly at the feet of Jesus where he promises to be found in his word and in his sacraments, the baptism and the Lord's Supper. We can, and we do, come up with lots of good opportunities, programs, events, and ministries to do together as a congregation. But if we're not gathering for worship to hear his word together, we've missed the point. We can can send our kids to incredible Lutheran schools and support Christian higher education, but if we're not talking about Jesus and opening the Bible or a devotion book in our home, then we've missed the point again. We've missed out. In our congregation, probably one of the things at the leadership level that we struggle with the most are our setting priorities. What what are we going to focus on with our limited amount of time that we have? What are we going to direct our our limited amount of offerings to be able to to do the most we can with in the kingdom of God? We're we're a big Wells church in town, and we want to be able to say yes to everything. We want to be able to to just um, do everything that we can ministry-wise. And and sometimes when we get into that mindset, then we get upset when we can't provide everything at the, the right time or in the right kind of a a format. So these are things that we can gather around God's word about and pray about. And maybe if I can direct some of your prayers, I'd ask you to pray that we can work on doing the most important things at St. Paul's for our spiritual health. Pray that we can find clarity on on what programs and ministries are going to be the best for the spiritual health of the congregation so that we can prioritize those. Pray continue to pray that another pastor joins us here soon to be another doctor of souls, just one-on-one, individually, be able, be able to provide that personalized grace from God's word that our congregation, that every single person needs so deeply, one soul at a time. It's easy to get worried and upset about many things instead of focusing on the priorities and the mission that Jesus gives us, essentially to grow in his word and to go out with his word. So as a congregation, as a leadership team, I think our first focus is just encourage and invite people to be with us in God's house, Saturday nights, Sunday mornings, gathered around his word. Everything flows from spiritual care and getting the word and sacraments into people's hearts. It's the gospel that does this work. Martha could end up getting kind of a bad reputation from this section, and hopefully I haven't given her um, too, too bad of a rap here. I don't think she should. Jesus loved her enough to redirect her, even when her priorities were off. He helped her reprioritize her life 
And you know what? I think it worked. We, we don't see what happened next. Did, 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 Martha, did Martha just put, put down whatever she was holding on? Did she sit down too? Did she just pause everything? Did she let the chicken burn and, and just sit with Jesus? We don't know exactly what she did, but we know at some time she must have. Because when she needed it most, when she needed most to know who Jesus was and what he had done, her faith was there. It was strong and it was informed by Jesus. Because it wouldn't be long until Martha would see Jesus again under very different circumstances. This time, not, not, not just a passing traveler or house guest, but this time there for a funeral of her brother. And she would approach Jesus and say, Lord, if you'd been here, if you'd been here earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know now that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? What's her answer? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. <laughs> faith comes by hearing. Faith is strengthened by hearing. When she needed Jesus the most, she understood who he was and what he'd done. Jesus helps us, and Jesus help us, to recognize the distractions for what they are so we can prioritize your word, which prepares us for life and for death. Amen.